I meant to uh, say before the, the reading that uh, it's a little bit of a confusing reading because there's so many Johns, um, we just need to be sure we know who's talking about who. And uh, the first John that's mentioned was John the Baptist. It was John the Baptist that pointed them to, to Jesus. And then it's, it is in the Gospel of John and we also have the disciple John involved in that reading. So it just gets a little bit uh, confusing and uh, I remember to tell Betty for the second service to, to mention that before the reading, but I forgot uh, at that point. When you suddenly put something together, you uh, just have slight hesitation that a story you might use is one that you've used before. Um, so apologies if you hear a story this morning that you've heard before. Please don't shout out the punch line if you have. <laughs> well, we've been discipling this year. I don't know where you've got to. We had a good opportunity at the church meeting to uh, hear where we were and a, a bit of re response to our discipling. And uh, we're getting to the point where we have looked inwardly and we've grown together and we're now looking at going out, sharing our faith, and we're on the front line. And our subject this morning really is, I've headed it in my notes, taking initiative, but it's actually about being on the front line. I've said this before, but there's three types of people you know. There's those that make things happen. There's those that let things happen. And there are those who suddenly wake up and say, well, what happened then? See, it's great when someone takes the initiative, steps out, particularly on their front line. There's a story of a man who walks into a bank in New York City and asks to speak to the loan officer. man tells him he's going to Europe on business and for two weeks and needs to borrow $5,000. The bank officer said it's possible, but the bank will need some kind of security for such a loan at short notice. So the man, clearly an eccentric, hands over the keys to his brand new Rolls Royce parked in the street in front of the bank. Well, everything checks out and the bank agrees to accept the car as collateral for the loan. An employee carefully gets into the car, drives it round the back and into the underground car park of the bank. Well, two weeks later, the man returns. He repays the 5000 and the interest which came to about $15. Now while he was away, the bank couldn't resist finding out a bit about this man. So they checked out and found that the man owned several companies. He was a multi-millionaire. So the loan officer said to him, well excuse me sir, we're very happy to have your business. But we're a little puzzled as to why you want you bother to borrow $5,000 to go over to Europe. Well, said the man, where else can I park my car for two weeks in the centre of New York for just $15? <laughs> well, perhaps that's taking initiative. And one of the most amazing truths in the Bible is that God takes the initiative. God invites people to come to him and it's God who reaches out in love, grace and mercy to call people 
who are lost, you and me. Of course, we have to respond. But God makes the first move. In the John's passage, we read that Jesus invites two religious men to consider what has been said about him. And it's reasonable to assume that Andrew and John, and that's the beloved disciple that's mentioned there, had heard and met Jesus before this encounter. And our reading from John's Gospel here that we've read this morning illustrates how they respond because somebody else has said something. They respond to what somebody else has said. John the Baptist exclaimed, Behold, the Lamb of God. And then they follow Jesus because they have heard what somebody else said. What have you said on your front line? What have I said? Earlier in chapter, verse, way back, verse 23, John the Baptist referred to the ministry, or his ministry, in the words of Isaiah chapter 40. I am the voice of one calling in the desert. Make way, make straight the way for the Lord. He'd been preparing the way even to the point that his own followers would now consider and indeed make a decision not to follow John the Baptist, but to follow Jesus. John the Baptist is, a point, is pointing the way to the anointed one, to the Messiah. One of the greatest challenges leaders have today is to replace themselves. There's a number of great missionary organisations where if you're not careful, it focuses on the person who set it up, the founder. And there are many who have not seen the fruits of, of, of their labours, of what they set up. Someone else picks it up. Look back in the Old Testament, there's a great example where Moses appointed Joshua to take the lead and take the Israelites into the promised land. Well, effective leadership is often the product of good preparation and encouragement. Preparing somebody for the role and in the church, the wider church and perhaps Linfield United Reformed Church. Are we very good at that? We're very good at that. Well, some are better than others. But the key thing we have as individuals on our front line is to point people away from ourselves towards Jesus. When people see Limfield United Reformed Church, do they see us? Or do they see Jesus? We have a responsibility in all that we do, to show them the Lord Jesus Christ. And in this reading this morning, we witness the first missionary act in a new ministry that will become Christianity. What did Andrew do? Well, in verse 41, the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him. 
We found the Messiah, he said. That is the Christ. And he brought Simon to meet Jesus. He didn't waste any time. And just think of the result of that. He brought Simon. And that was the start of the early church for you and for me. Well, we don't know a great deal about Andrew. Maybe that's because he lived a quiet life as he followed Jesus. But he was the one who brought Simon Jesus, uh, Simon to Jesus. And Simon has a life-changing encounter with the Saviour. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. What a morning that was for Simon Peter. His brother had invited him to come and see. Just think of the result if Andrew hadn't done that. Just picture, your, picture the scene. Put yourself in Simon's shoes. Your brother rushes home. Quick, Simon, quick. There's someone you must talk to. Well, who? This is the person, the one John the Baptist has been talking to us about. I've seen him, I've seen him, it's him. I'm sure it is. Come and see him, decide for yourself. Wow, what a brilliant brother who's prepared to rush and tell you that. Well, you walk along with your brother, feeling a little bit self-conscious, hoping that no one will ask you where you're going. Might feel a bit strange to say, oh, won't be a moment, I've got an appointment with the Messiah. There he is, Andrew exclaims. And Jesus looks at you, looks into your eyes and smiles. Welcome. You're Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas. Your life is turned around at that very moment. You're now on the path of discovery to who you truly are. You are Peter, Jesus told him. The rock on whom I will build my church. How would you feel if you were Simon? How would you feel? You're standing there looking into the eyes of God who looks right into your very being. Every step that you take, your inner being. Your life will never be the same from that very moment. And of course, that is the invitation that Jesus is offering to all of us today. And let's be clear, when we have an encounter with Jesus, nothing is ever the same again. Nothing is ever the same again. And where did it start? It started because Andrew had a passion to tell others about Jesus. And we read on in that um, chapter... Verse 43, the next day Jesus decided to leave Galilee. Finding Philip, he said, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about. And Nathanael follows. That's how the church grows. Just a few weeks ago on Songs of Praise, it happened they were focusing on, I think, back to church Sunday and interviewing various people. It was one of those which had a good outreach uh, emphasis on it. And, and there was this um, conjurer who was a Christian conjurer and doing lots of things, and particularly amongst young people. And he said, 
I was in my garden and my neighbour looked over the fence and said, we've got something on at the church, would you like to come? It's great to go to big evangelistic events. They're uplifting for Christians and they're very helpful quite often to non-Christians. But the church grows when we're on our front line and we talk to those that we meet. Well, what about you and me this morning? He calls us by name, he knows each one of us, but what name is Jesus wishing to bestow upon you? So that you can go out for him. Is there a passion for us to want to share the Lord Jesus with those round about? Is there a burning desire like there was for Andrew? I know there are some people, there are some in our fellowship here, who between here and the car park, if they meet somebody, would want to tell them about the Lord Jesus. Dare I say, and I speak to myself here, that's not most of us. That's not most of us. In all we do during the week, is there a real passion to want to tell people about Jesus? See, Andrew appears a few times in the Gospel record. He's always bringing somebody to Jesus. We've seen he went to his brother, Simon Peter. And it was Andrew who brought the lad with the fish and the loaves to Jesus, using a practical situation. In John 12, it's Andrew who helps a group of curious Greeks make contact with Jesus. A very different situation, a more spiritual situation. When Andrew met Jesus, a burden was created within his heart to cherish saviour with everyone he met. If I'd have chosen an Old Testament reading also this morning, it would have been Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah's commission, and those great verses 8 and 9, so positive, when Isaiah responds to the call and says, here am I, send me. And he was instructed to go and tell the people. Well, Jesus is still inviting people to consider him today. And we're living in a world where people are seeking answers, looking for direction, fulfilment and hope. And his invitation, come and see, still stands. And we are Christ's representatives on the front line. He chooses to work through us What is our response? Yes, we need to take the initiative and tell others about Jesus. Amen.